to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Very good. Welcome, everybody. Hallelujah. God is good. Just sometimes. No, all the time. He is good because he is God. This is the prophet's favorite verse. God is good. Obadiah. Yarevave is good. He doesn't have any badness in him whatsoever. Now the demon's all bad and Jesus Christ is all good. Even in this hood. And God's going to deliver you and raise you up. Not from the hood, but turn it into heaven. Yea, the way they walk through the valley of Bacchus, weeping, bitterness, they shall turn it into the Garden of Eden. It is written. So we're not trying to avoid hell. We're confronting hell in our own hearts, in our own flesh and blood, and obliterating it. Just telling the brothers here at Joel's Bar before we started today that you can only consume hell by reading the Scriptures. The Scriptures are the very DNA of God. And if you are not engaging in the Scriptures, I mean, I do without even trying, just like breathing eight hours a day for the last 24 years. I'm a Levite, and that's my job. I spend easily eight hours a day in the Bible since 1999. It's not hard. It's not effort. It's not strenuous. It's not stressful. It's very easy because there is a membrane of death when you read the Bible and a lot of you confront that membrane and it stops you from pressing in. It stops you for, from breaking through a wall and a barrier called the dead letter into the life-giving Word. So the Word is on the other side of the dead letter. He is not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It is written. The issue is, have you experienced today fresh and new the resurrection of the Word? If not, you're dead. And so you come in with a dead attitude and we say we need to just wipe the nasty off your face. You look like you've been baptized in lemon juice or pickle juice. or I mean, is nasty your God? Or Jesus, the honey and the milk of the promised land. Please turn your phones off. Is Jesus your God or Satan? I mean, your faces show it, your attitude, your word choice, your peace, your prosperity, your health is all a reflection of the invisible world. And it's going to get cleaned up. It's going to get cleaned up when we learn how to read the Word. When you hit that membrane and that barrier, I want to give you some practical discipleship tips to start off with tonight. Rebecca is engaging in what God has her engaging in, scholarship and administration by the Kabbalah instruction of the angel of the Lord. And so we're all perfectly in our positions. Now it's time for you to get into yours. And you're only in your position to the measure you are in, the Word and the Word is in you.
working, living, active, energized, becoming your very DNA. The word becomes your race. That's true. You're born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Word seed there in Greek is what? Sperma. So you're born of God's sperm. So you guys know genetics a little bit, that how reproduction works. Well, how, do you, how does the reproduction of God's kind works? Through His Word. It works by the water of His Word. So, when you hit that membrane, all of a sudden you're fidgety. All you can think about is hot dogs in the refrigerator, or your kids, or that electric bill, that distraction, that terrible boss, or whatever demon is on your head, is that's what's speaking to you at that moment, because you're demonized. Nearly everyone is, severely, and that's nothing to be surprised about. The issue is, you know what destroys demons? Very easily. The Word. Written Word? Well, the written Word mixed with the sun, yes. Until your faces shine in the written Word of the sun, you're going to have a dead letter, which is just a human being interpretation in your brain going around in gaping darkness like Saul of Tarsus. Now you might say, well, that's an extreme case. No, that's every single Christian's case. You're a solitarsis, most of you, mostly right now, because your experience of the Word is not above the sun. That's what makes you Saul's. We all want to say we're Paul's. The issue is you're only Paul's if you're converted from dead letter to resurrection glory. Remember the glory came and whacked him so hard that he was blinded for three days? That's not just an extreme situation. That is a mirror image of reflecting the daily bread, the daily word of God. Have you been slain like Acts chapter 9 today? And it's not my job to slay you. It's your job to slay yourselves. As it's written, we present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for God. The apostolic and the prophetic, the headship of the body of Christ is only to direct you how to spend your time, your resources, your blood, your sweat, your energy, your equity, and to give you wisdom. Now it's on your heads what you do with it. As it's written, my hands are clean of you. That's not a scapegoat. That's perfection. As it's written, Moses completed his works and Jesus Christ said, it is finished. How many of y'all know none of it's Jesus' fault? It's all human beings' fault. No one goes before him after they die. Be like, well, you didn't give me enough money. You didn't give me a Bible. You didn't give me good parents. You didn't give me me, me, me. No, no one's murmuring, complaining before the Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. He's like, I gave you everything you needed for success. The issue is you didn't even know how to use the resources. People perish for lack of knowing how to use what you already have, and you're deceived thinking that you need more. And so you're always like Adam and Eve in the garden thinking they need more. Did God really say that his word was enough is the argument of Samael to Eve. Was his word enough? Oh, there's all this secret knowledge. Let me teach you the occult. And Adam and Eve learned sorcery. No, 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 no. God is everything in His Word, and He's not holding anything back. So when the preacher and the prophet tell you it's all about the Word, don't be annoyed out there. It's true. The issue is, you just don't know the Word very well. You got ideas, you you spend time, I don't know how much time, it's usually not very much. Very few believers are even spending 30 minutes 
And around here, people check boxes like, well, I've done that. I've gone through the master class and I've gotten my morning devotionals. I did my prayer time and I did my 30 minutes. That's not it, guys. I'm going to be very, very kind and wonderful and gentle with you guys tonight. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to beat up your demons and your sin to get you into the success of His resurrection. Engrafting you into His tree of life that has no death in it, no hell in it, no human beings in it at all, zero. Just the risen one who's in cosmic celestial flesh already perfected at the right hand of God. And it takes a certain understanding. It will take patience on behalf behalf of the saints in hearing the apostolic teachers of righteousness because a lot of what you've heard is earthly. When Jesus Christ came around, he said, you have heard it said, he was quoting Gamaliel every time, but I say, Matthew chapter 5, you have heard it said, but I say this. He went deeper, more accurately, more precise, because the problem with ancient Israel is they were flooded with earthly teaching. The problem with modern day America and Europe and New Zealand, Australia, everywhere else, Asia, is you're flooded with earthly teaching. And you're flooded with so much earthly teaching, you think some of it's God. None of it is. I'll tell you that right now. Zero. You think earthly teaching has Jesus in it. I know it does not. Unless it has come fresh from above the sun today, you have not even touched the kingdom of your father. That does not mean that you're not his children. It means you're lost. Jesus Jesus Christ said the same thing about everyone in his day. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. He wasn't going around with a staff, hitting him on the head, saying, do better, do better, do better. He's like, here's the better, here's the better, here's the better. The word was the coaching and the corralling of the lost sheep of Israel. And so his word directed their past because the word of God created the heavens and the earth. And Messiah is the word that saves you. If you can hear it tonight, you can get saved from all kinds of stuff you don't even think you need saved from. Because earthly teaching makes you lukewarm so you don't think you need to get saved from all the stuff that you need to get saved from and so instead of getting more saved more glorified more heavenly more angelic you get more offended you get more at strife and animosity and you get more opposed to the heavenly way because your earthly way was built by demons but the heavenly way was built by holy angels To bridge that gap takes something called the spirit and the power of Elijah. To go from earth to moon, the Bible says this clearly, I mean, just look at Elijah, to go from the earth into the heavens, to go from the earth in the ascension of the Messiah in Acts chapter 1, is the spirit and the power of Elijah. And it didn't just end going up into the sky, it went all the way up to the path of lightnings. And this is why the apostles are quoting Enoch so often in the New Testament. Because they had understanding of the way. The cosmic way. The oral tradition of Moses. The Messiah had more oral tradition of Moses. You know, he met with him on the mountain of transfiguration, right? None of the Sanhedrin was meeting with Moses on the mountain. 
None of the Sanhedrin was meeting with Elijah on the mountain. None of the Sanhedrin was meeting with Yadavavheg, God, on the mountain. Just Jesus, Peter, James, and John only. Only. So guess who the government actually was? Was not the Sanhedrin. Was not Herod. Jesus called him a sly fox. In Aramaic, calling each other animal names was the highest cuss word in the entire language. Okay, so let that just sink in. Take that as far as you want to go with it, but it's true. If you study Aramaic, it's true. So Jesus was not respectful to false authority. Oh my goodness. He was horrible to them. Horrible. And they couldn't touch him. Because he's God. If they can touch you, it's because you're not God. So oftentimes when you're touched by the evil one, Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me. It's because he has something in you. And you have to take that thing in you to the Torah, which is the scripture, and burn it every day. And if you're not learning how to take your inner intelligence, your inner man, to the scriptures, you're not growing. You're dying. So that discomfort zone, listen, when you hit that membrane, and I watch most of you never pass that membrane in your Christian lives, you come to that place and you don't pass that membrane. It's the discomfort of your flesh and blood. You run off and you play video games. You run off and you grab a cola. You run off and you grab a drink. This is true with almost every single pastor as well. So it's not just you who work business and jobs and you who work in the marketplace. But in the marketplace, your 30 minutes can be spent much more. A minimum of 30 minutes. If you can understand this today, you can spend your time engaging in the Word so powerfully that you're in His presence of His glory all day long. And if you're not, you're in the presence of the evil one. It's not like there's something in between, I don't feel God's presence. Well, if you don't feel God's presence, guess whose presence you're in? There's only two presences. This is not confusing. There is hell and heaven. If you are not feeling and seeing His glory presence, you are feeling and seeing hell's presence through sin. And so this sin has to be obliterated daily, which is I die daily to the curse of the fall of sin and death. I hold in my hands the keys of sin and death, Jesus Christ, red letters, Revelation chapter 1. Why does he hold those keys? Now, anyone who engages in the word, who's holding those keys, Jesus Christ holding the keys of hell and death, Revelation chapter 1, and is written, has the ability through the engagement, through the focus, through the study, through the path of the scholar, to obliterate sin and death daily. You do that with your words, which is called prayer. And you do that with your Bible study. Without Bible study, I mean, there is no DNA of God available. There's not this other path where we can just do something else. It's God's Word or hell. Okay, The Lamb's Book of Life and heaven and all the angels and all the Holy Spirit's presence and everything that makes heaven heaven is heaven because it was built by the Word. Heaven and earth are held together by your most powerful word. It is written. So if you are not word fanatics, you don't really understand the covenant. 
And I'm not going to say new covenant because it's any covenant God's ever made with man. It's old covenant. It's the covenant of Noah. It's the covenant of Adam. It's the covenant of Moses. It's the covenant of Jesus Christ. It's the covenant of Abraham. What covenant do you have working in you if it's not based on the Father's word, which is Jesus? Amen? So, in order for a person to break through that membrane of death and that struggle and all that stuff that you find that people get distracted with, you have to have an understanding. When you go to study the Word, understand that you are taking death and hell in your blood, in the soul of your blood, to the cross. If you just say cross, 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 and I preach Christ crucified and a lot of cross fanaticism and even Madonna who's a Luciferian, wears a cross around her neck. So what is the benefit of the cross if you're still on the dead letter side of the cross and you're not going through the cross to the glory resurrection side of the cross? Now that's available every time you read the Bible. But if you stay on the death side of the word, dead letter that kills, you've never really known the word. And this is what Saul did. This is what the Pharisees did, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law, you hypocrites. They stayed on the side of death with God's word that had come down from heaven. We know that Moses heard from God. As for this man, we don't know where he's come from. And the blind man who saw us says, no, that's something. No one in the history of the world has ever healed a blind man except he be from God. And they say, how dare you lecture us? So they were certain of the origin of the word of Moses. The issue is it began to be exposed in Israel in the days of John the Baptist and the Messiah and the twelve apostles of the Lamb 2,000 years ago in the nation of Israel around Jerusalem that these men and women of synagogue structure of Judaism had settled for the death side of Torah. That means anything given by God can be used by a human being? Jesus Christ said so. You nullify the power of life by your traditions. The word traditions there means anything done as a human being. You can read the word as a human being. You can pray as a human being. I watch a lot of you love as a human being. And your intentions are great. I mean, until we strike your heart and mind with the living word and it's just all maggots. It's literally all hell. Truth anyhow. It's all death. It's all demon possession. And it's very severe. Because you've built up the whole kingdom of death and hell if you've not gone to the kingdom side through the word of God. So enter in through the narrow gate, it is written. For wide is the path to destruction, and many go therein, and few find the path of life. It is very narrow. Why is it narrow? It's past that membrane of the total annihilation of the desires of human blood for food, for pleasure, for comfort, for all of the reasonable things in life like clothing, housing, maybe even a car, a driver's license, a vacation, 40-hour work weeks, 
representation with your taxation. Very reasonable liberties that human blood wants and asks and requires. And a lot of people think these are Jesus Christ Christian rights that you have because of the belief systems in your brain. But if the belief systems on your brain are not the actual person of Holy Spirit, God, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who's in you? The apostle asks, who's in you? Who's controlling the temple, the mind, will, and emotions? Who's controlling you right now? There's like snoring in the audience. People just go to sleep and can't listen. (laughs) Are you sleeping? Has the word awakened you? Are you on the death side of the scriptures? In all the error of all the religionists of Judaism and Christianity, the covenant religions. Just because you believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh does not mean you took your flesh to the cross and burned it in the glory fire today. That's why you have a hundred thousand different denominations and a hundred thousand different interpretations of Bible. Why? It's all the human being. It's all Satan. Just type that in the comments. It's all Satan. It is. Christianity, Judaism, all of your traditions, all of the stuff you do at church, if you are not taking the souls that are in the blood, Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. So the word there, life in the flesh, is soul. So the soul of the flesh is in the blood. That's what it says exactly in ancient Hebrew. In Leviticus 17.11, your soul is in your blood. Now, what kind of soul do you have? A holy soul in your blood? Or an unholy, unclean, religious, gluttonous, lazy, slothful, sorcery, witchcraft, rebellious, lust-filled, I mean, the, the pornography, the sexual morality, the adultery in the eyes and in the blood is so out of control. We took statistics in five years of Bible college. They forced us to as pastors in the Assemblies of God. And one of these statistics was so astonishing to me when I was in Bible college 20 years ago that the pornography rentals at hotels is nearly twice as high at Christian events than it is non-Christian. And they had done research in hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hotels. And I just was like, man. And I'd seen it at the dorms in Bible college amongst all of the people starting out in full-time ministry. You go to Bible college, you get your certificate to preach. And I went through the whole system of the Assemblies of God with a good attitude, with sweetness, without bitterness, without criticalness, without judgmentalness. I realized real quickly things were not revival and things were not perfect. There was some really good, wonderful stuff. There were some people that would pray and fast and seek God. One-third of the student body, that's 500 people, spoke in tongues every day for a minimum of 30 hours a day. That's most the most, more than most Christians. So you did have a remnant that was in Pentecostal revival. Absolutely. And you had pastors in Pentecostal revival. But I tell you the truth. 
there was not the complete teaching of the understanding how to deal with the situation of the soul that is in the blood. They didn't teach us this part of the Hebrew. It was a lot of picking and choosing so it can fit within the 16, you know, written rites of the Assemblies of God denomination. And if it was outside our 16 fundamental truths of our denomination, I, I grew up AG, I was born again AG, was faithful to the AG, traveled and made, raised millions of dollars for the Assemblies of God denomination before I was in full-time ministry, joyfully, with no bitterness, I had a great time. It was fun, man. I really, And I was willing to be an AG pastor for the rest of my life. No questions asked. I said, there's nothing else even better than this. This is the best. And it really was. We had all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles in Teen Challenge and missionaries and former mafia, former gang leaders. I mean, it was just totally amazing what we went through in Teen Challenge. We have an awesome history and legacy of a hundred years of revival in the AG. And I'm not ashamed of that whatsoever. But God came and just ruined all the plans of my success that I wanted to have as an Assemblies of God pastor in Bible college and in Teen Challenge. He's like, you're not going to even go there. You're going to pastor cities and nations, and you're not going to pastor churches. And it was the audible voice of God came in my Mazda 929 in the spring of 2006 and spoke those words over my life right before I was about to choose a church to be a full-time pastor in. I was my last semester of five years of Bible college. I was graduating with a 3.4 GPA, and I was on fire, praying in tongues eight hours a day, reading the Bible eight hours a day, and doing missions work in Cedar Riverside, Little Mogadishu, with the gangs over there that were just the highest crime rate at that time in the entire United States of America. It's called Little Earth. There's four inner city blocks of inner city Native American reservation and the drug epidemic and the violence and the gang activity during that time statistically was the highest crime rate of any place in the United States of America because it was the only inner city Native American reservation in all the USA. It was wild, man. So it was front lines from the very beginning. And God's like doing all this crazy stuff that's outside my box and I'm just rolling with it because I was trained very, very well by the pinnacle of the prophets and apostles in the assemblies of God. About half the assemblies of God would say yes to the apostolic. Now to be AG, you had to all say yes to the prophetic. Okay, so I don't want you to think that our Pentecostal roots are not prophetic. William Seymour is more prophetic than most of you right now, and that was 100 years ago. The issue is only about 50% of AG prophetic churches believed in the apostolic. It was very controversial, and my Bible college said no to the apostolic, that there are no apostles today. They came out with a statement, and the prophets and apostles over at Redeeming Love Church stood up, that's where Heidi Baker comes when she's in town. That's where Bob Jones, all the glory stream, Bobby Connors been there a hundred times. This is where I met Ruth Heflin the first time I went to church in 1999. was all at Redeeming Love in St. Paul, Minnesota. So very strong apostolic glory fire revival center of the glory stream. And they're an AG denomination, so go figure. And they st- stood up and said, 
There is a university downtown Minneapolis of the Assemblies of God denomination that is right now closing the doors on the apostolic. That was the week they kicked me off of campus. That was the week they said, if you ever step foot back on North Central University property, you'll be immediately arrested. But you know what? The apostles had always got my back and the prophets, even if they didn't know me, they could speak the Spirit of God against all my persecutors every single step of the way since 2006. In fact, if I did not have the prophetic confirming voice since 2006, I would go in prayer, I would fast, I would study the Word until I'd hear clearly. For it is written, My sheep hear My voice and they obey Me. If there is ever any confusion in your souls, it's simply because you are not taking your brain to the silver of the fire of wisdom. Is your brain silver right now? Is your brain black? Is your brain pale horse? Where is your brain? Where is your mind right now? Your brain is to be silver with wisdom, white like silver all the time through the engagement of the glory of the Word of God. Every single person I see around RLM that struggles, that's kind of always on the back end of, of the group, that's constantly having problems, can barely tithe, can barely hold on for dear life, and it's always just, you know, a kind of a circus show. There's always some drama. They're never really accurate. They're always inaccurate. You know, the common characteristic of 100% of all of the stragglers, they don't read the Bible very much. It's true with you here in the audience, too. The reason why there is such an inaccuracy and why there is so little of God is because you have not taken yourself to the Scripture to burn it in the fire of His glory. When you engage in Torah, taking it to Torah, a word that the sons will use in the kingdom of our Father forever, there will be new vocabulary and new terminology that you will need to learn. Taking it to Torah and obliterating it with Torah is a common phrase you'll begin to not just hear all the time amongst the 144,000 who live above the sun on sapphire stones, my father's kingdom, but it will be the activity that you will want to begin practicing so you are in the company of the righteous instead of the company of the hypocrites, scribes, teachers of the law, and Pharisees. I mean, your choice. Do you want to be around a bunch of lukewarm Laodicean losers? Or do you want to be amongst the dread champions that live inside Father God's sapphire stones? You will choose in the coming minutes by how you spend your days. We call them Ancient of Days. That's the word for Daniel chapter 7 for Almighty God. Ancient of Days. You know what that means? Master and head of time. How are you spending the 24 hours each day? You watching CNN, you watching YouTube videos. Now listen, there's a time for fun, but you don't need that. These people are rebellious and don't even know how to spend their time yet. And if that's not you and you're already spending eight hours a day reading the Bible, then this should just be refreshment to your soul because you're so crucified with Christ. And I really hope that's the case. But if you are not the ones learning to obliterate the soul that is in the blood, 
your soul, your mind, will, and emotions that are in your human blood. If you have not learned to take your mind, will, and emotions that are in your blood to the Word, which is the cross, the wood that never decays is only mentioned as the Word of God in the Bible, and you don't know how to take your soul that is in the blood to Torah and kill your human, earthly, unspiritual, demoniacal life, the truth is you are not a disciple. You are in a phase called, called choosing whom you shall serve for eternity. Value decision. Don't think just because you're around me that I've chosen many decades ago that you're safe. That's absolutely not true. You are actually in the most dangerous place because you might think what I have broken into belongs to you and become a thief like Judas Iscariot. Get your own oil. Learn how to get anointing through crucifying your own soul that's in your own bloodline. Buckwheat. Amen. And then when you come to table with the brothers and sisters of Israel above, you will have an anointing to bring a cluster, a glory, a presence, an atmosphere-shifting divine calling that is working, salvation. You will have angels. So it's not just the show of the apostle on RLM TV. That's the Nicolaitan sin, not my sin, yours. You're the Nicolaitans, not me. I empower you every single day since I started full-time ministry. They just don't want to be empowered. What they want is witchcraft to cling to their souls in their own human blood. You'll never get it from me. In fact, we are completely removing that entirely until the point the perfection of the Word comes forth so strongly, you won't even be able to stand those that are purified into pure light of God's Word through sun, moon, and star Torah, the house that Moses built and the builder greater than the house. Moses' house is the moon, the sun, and the stars. Genesis 1, read the Bible. That's what it says. That's Torah. That's the Torah of Moses. Torah of Moses is creation story. Creation. What is the house of Moses? Hebrews chapter 3. The builder is greater than the house. So what's the house? The house of Moses is creation. Type that in the comments. The house of Moses is creation. The house of Moses is creation. All of it. Don't even be picky. You're like, well, not the demons. Well, yeah, they're in the, the demons too. Torah encapsulated demons as well. That's why they, Satan fought over the body of Moses. So forget what you think you know. You're wrong. The only righteousness here is above the sun, above the human brain, where the brain of Jesus is at the right hand of God in Zion. So if you are living out of the carnal mind on earth, you're an enemy of the Holy Spirit still because you haven't obliterated your brain. That's why there's no silver there. Silver is the color of wisdom. It's not just an idea. It's the purity of mind. What did Stephen say? You always harden your mind against the Holy Spirit. So you just you stop your ears, you go to sleep, you close your eyes, you won't even be able to look at me at Joel's bar, you sit off to the side just so you can hear the, the words of it, and you do that continuously. Why? Because part of your brain is closed off completely and entirely to God. 
That doesn't mean, oh, and there's a new formula now. You go to look at the apostle. Well, they had to look at Moses. So the, it's written in the word. Follow me as I follow Christ, the apostle mandate. I mean, this is apostolic scripture 2,000 years ago. And you would know that if you're engaging in it at the death of your bloodline into his bloodline. So there's a transfer when you pass through all that is in your blood, which is hell, into all that is in his blood, which is heaven. Okay? Those whom he sanctified, he also glorified. Sanctification and glorification, Romans chapter 8, means going out of your blood experience, which is hell, death, and death is still working sin in you, because you have not gone to the cross at all, and the cross is simply that membrane of engaging the Word. When you pass that membrane, you die daily. It might take some of you because you're so rebellious and so wicked, in your blood, in the souls of your blood, and and so uh, buried in false love of Satan and Jezebel's tower, it might take you fasting because you're so far gone to the evil one by your own decisions you've made to destroy your own lives. So that'll be something you'll need to do to deal with the sin in you. You'll need to sanctify in order to glorify. That means some of that stuff will only be revealed in your blood when you engage the word strongly, violently, viciously, and with wisdom, knowing that you're attacking all the fall of ten worlds of creatures, so not part of hell, but all the curse of the fall is in the blood, your blood. If you are a human being operating out of any other blood than the glory of the Lamb, then the entire curse of the fall is still working in your blood. It doesn't need to, It doesn't have to, and it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or not. This is just facts. This is reality of being a human being and having a human body. Now, the reality of Jesus is raised from the dead becomes a necessity for your daily survival, not some kind of pleasure when it's convenient to you that I can just apply to my belief systems and go on living my human life down on my yacht or out in my truck or on my my buggy, my go-kart, or whatever thing your human flesh is into. Everyone has their stuff. Somebody has a scooter. Somebody has a moped. Somebody has a motorcycle, a car. Somebody has nothing, and they, they boast in the nothing, and they're just as equally wicked as the person with everything. Meaningless, 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 says the teacher. Everything under the sun is meaningless. Okay? It is written. Eat, drink, and be merry if you are to just not take your blood to Torah because it's meaningless. It's pointless. It's worthless. It's religion. You might as well just be rebellious because you're being rebellious by being religious. Religion is the highest, most deceptive form of rebellion and you're all guilty, majorly. The issue is when you take that guilt, it's a guilt offering, and then you go to the Word, the guilt is obliterated. Oh my gosh, the forgiveness of sins only comes by the washing of the Word. There's not a formula. The formula is the Word. Is there a deification of the Word? Yes, it's written. The Word is fully deified. Written on His leg, the Word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And the Word was Yadhe God Himself. John 1.1, it is written. Amen? 
Therefore, the deification of the Word is your salvation, the glorification, the resurrection, the crucifixion of the Word, the suffering of the Word. What kind of Word? The living Word, the prophetic Word, the true prophetic. The false prophetic doesn't have suffering. It avoids suffering at whatever cost. It's into all kinds of self-servient deification, self-deification. You see these flakes everywhere. Jesus Christ called them hirelings. Oh, it's so inconvenient. Don't don't touch my glory. Don't touch my pleasure. Don't touch my joy. Bro, you're touching my peace. You're upsetting my peace. Your peace is based on rebellion, buckwheat. Your joy is based on murdering Jesus. Your joy is anti-Christ. I mean, if I hadn't seen it 10,000 times already, I'd tell you otherwise. But most people's peace and joy is based on the killing of the king of the Jews, which is witchcraft, of the highest degree. Truth in you. Now, if you don't want to be in that army, which is called the hordes of hell are marching, and they're all Christians, they're all Pentecostal and charismatic Christians that never learn how to read the Word. They never learn how to die with Him, how to fly with Him, how to live with Him, how to completely be beaten with Him, misunderstood with Him, crucified with Him, uh, attacked for righteousness' sake with Him. They never knew how to live with Him. They never knew how to live with the Word. I'm exiled on Patmos because of my testimony of what? The Word of God. Revelation chapter 1, it is written, The Word of God. Does your testimony even accrue persecution from men and women who say they love Jesus, but don't annihilate the soul that's in the blood? You know, the most wicked thing I've ever seen is the people come around and say they love me, say they love the prophets, but they don't take their souls to the Word and annihilate it every day. Those people have the highest level principalities in them. Those are the most deceptive liars in the entire world. The ones that say that they love me. I love you, Brandon. I love your ministry. I love watching RLM TV. I love Joel's Bar. I love living at the crack house. I love living in the Minneapolis community. I would too if I were you, as long as I'm going to the Word and getting obliterated in the glory. Is getting obliterated in the glory how you live, and it doesn't need to take you three days of fasting. Hopefully you stay fasting. Amen? Fasting is a state of being, of practicing the presence of God. After Jesus Christ fasted once, the Bible said all he did was go around eating and drinking afterwards. But he was in the glory. If you're not living in the brightness of the Father's word through the termination of all that is in the blood, of all that is in the flesh, he killed all that stuff in one fast and never had to fast a single time. I've had to fast like 300 times because I'm so much more insignificant than Jesus of Nazareth as a man to a man. Truth anyhow. I've had to fast hundreds of times. He only had to do it once. Why? Because he's a greater man than me. Simple as that. He's greater than you too. He's a greater man than you women too. He's greater than all flesh. But he's not unique in the fact that he's exclusive. No, his teaching was an impartation for his state of mind. His teaching shared the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, so that where I am, you may be also. I'm not leaving you under the sun. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I will send another helper. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, the paraclete, 
the angel of Shekinah, the brooding mother hen. I'm going to send Genesis 1, God. I'm going to send Genesis 1, brooding mother hen. Messiah is gone. Messiah is only here by his spirit, not by might nor by power, but by the Messiah's spirit, declares the Lord. The Messiah's spirit is the Holy Ghost. And if you have the Holy Ghost, then you have the ability to completely obliterate sin and death daily. And even, we say 30 minutes, which should, you do start doing 30 minutes, you get addicted to the Word. I don't know how you can do 30 minutes. I mean, it's just totally backslidden, especially if you're not working 14-hour days. You have no excuse. You're just straight up lazy. You're a sloth. You're practicing hell, black sun, and black moon. Truth anyhow. And deal with it and repent. Change your inner man to agree with God's will, which is His Word. Change your inner man to agree with God's will, which is His Word. It's reasonable. It's not too hard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That means there needs to be a burden on you, and there needs to be a yoke on you. We got a Christianity out here that says, don't burden me with anything. Just serve me on a freaking silver platter, everything. I'll come to the pastor. I'll come to the apostle. Oh, you're the big apostle now. And you have that attitude in your spirit. You won't say these things, but your foreskins are all hell. And that's the demonic thought life of every area that you don't have foreskins. And unless you're conquered ten worlds, the demons will come and say these things right on the foreskins of your heart. Right on the foreskins of your mind. So don't sit there and say, oh, I never think like that. You're a liar. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. Stop lying to the Holy Spirit. Get real with the Holy Ghost. I do have a bunch of junk in me that I need to get right with God tonight. There are areas where I'm totally in rebellion towards Him that I've never even died with Christ at all, that I'm still living a self-life, a human life, my soul life, and not His soul life at all. It's all about Him, and it's zero about us. Now, as He gets formed in us, people go nuts because God comes forth, Yahweh shines forth from Zion through the crucified ones, the ones who engage in the Shekinah glory, the ones who engage in the house of Moses, the moon and the sun and the stars God also made, Genesis 1 realities, and the builder has built us up, building us up in the most holy faith, praying always in the Holy Spirit, and so it exposes where everyone is living in this house. Where are you in the house of Moses? Amen? The question you need to ask yourself, where am I in the house of Moses? Hebrews chapter 3. The builder, you all know the builder. It's Jesus and the Holy Ghost. You've taken for granted way too much. Way too familiar with the God you barely know. Oh, we're familiar. You hear the terms. You can speak Christianese. The issue is, where are you in that house? The Bible says Moses was the entire house, Jesus the entire builder. Hebrews 3, it is written, The house of Moses is all creation. Are you at the very bottom of creation? Or where are you in creation? Where are you in the rungs of creation? Where are you in the earth? Are you buried under the dust of the earth? Do you need to arise from the dust of the earth like the Bible says? 
Do you need to arise and shine for Christ is shining upon you? Arise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you? Are you shining with the word of God or are you shining with drunk on the blood of the saints? Are you only happy when you are killing others and controlling others and murdering others in your hearts? Comparing yourself with others and envy and strife with others? Envy and strife towards me is the easiest one because the apostle has the stage it is written in scripture. So everyone and their grandma can get on the internet and be at strife with me. That doesn't take any courage at all. They're all cowards. The issue is, can you be one who goes to the cross even secretly without a stage? If the stage is you and the audience of one. Holy Ghost. What audience do you have? Almighty God. Prayer is an audience with the King. You have an audience with God every time. You are sincere in your heart and close your eyes. You can close them. You need to sometimes. Even though we say, oh, we don't close your eyes. You say, close your eyes. And people you say things, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, I never close my eyes anymore. It's just zero wisdom. It's all formulas. Like Ten Commandments of Death on my brain. I just hang them on phylacteries in front of my forehead of do's and don'ts. Like the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God. Man, are you freaking robots? Are you, are you slaves? Do you, do you have a soul? Come on. You need the freedom that learns how to obey Christ in His glory. There's no rebellion in that freedom. When you are crucified by the Word, you begin to pass the membrane of death into life daily. Then you begin to taste freedom. You know, most of you, you think freedom is freedom from God to sin and do the rebellious things that the demons in your blood want to do. That's not freedom. That's witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as sorcery. It is written in Samuel. Amen? So stubbornness is sorcery. Rebellion is witchcraft. One's in the brain, and the other's in the blood. Oftentimes, we cover the stubbornness, and we cover the blood with Christianity, and pretend like, oh, I got covered enough. I listened to a Joel's bar. And we check the boxes. Did you go into the glory? Did you cross over from death to life like a normal Christian, a basic entry-level disciple who's engaged in Torah once? Or are you still on the death side of the word, just listening to people that have crossed over and have sacrificed their lives thousands and thousands of times and continue to do so, but you yourselves have not at all. So you're a critic and a judge against the resurrection and the living? Ho! Oh, you're judging those who have gone through Scripture into the glory that's past the membrane of death? Do you realize that is case and point definition of a hypocrite? Now, all Christians are hypocrites, so don't sit there and point the finger. And I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm trying to help you because this is common to all souls that are in all human bloodlines. This is how you deal with all the earth of all nations, tribes, and tongues. Truth anyhow. This is how you do it. You learn how to go to the Word. You can't overemphasize the Word. The Word is the very gate into the glory of God. When you learn how to use it correctly, 
Is it a magic book? It is the most magical book of all magic books. This book is so magical that when they read it in the book of Acts, they came with all the other magic books and burned them in a bonfire worth several million dollars. Seriously, this book will be the book that you test every book by. The scriptures, Genesis to Revelation. 66 of them in our Protestant Bibles. Honestly, if that's all you ever had, it's more than enough if you know how to read it. The issue is I've rarely in my life encountered a believer that even knows how to read the Bible as a cross. We read the Bible as something that we just do for our blood and our flesh. And we think that when we get some goosebumps or we start to feel some buzzing and itching around in our brain and they, oh man, that's my daily bread. You know, there are membranes you'll pass through. You, you read this word until your eye sockets burn out. If you have not experienced that level of encountering the word, you're clueless. You don't know anything about the glory of God, and plus you don't know anything about sanctification. What is written? John 17, the high priest, Jesus Christ, his prayer. I have sanctified them with your word. Your word is truth. There's no sanctification in any other activity under the sun by which you must be saved than engaging in Torah. Jesus is the Torah of Yarevave. Anytime you read Lamentations, Isaiah, well, what do I read? You just read any of it. The Word is the uh, DNA of God the Father. No matter what part you read, what are you reading it for yourself? Or are you reading to go to the Word to die? You read the Word because it's the cross. Scripture is the cross. You're not picking up your cross and following Him unless you're going to the Word and dying to the animal in the blood, the nefesh in the blood. So th- this is the entire spectrum of wisdom that builds God's kingdom. Oftentimes in our ignorance, our activities as Christians are on the death side, the self side, the human blood side of the word. And you call that God. That's the beast of Revelation. That's the beast. Okay? So until the beast is thrown into the lake of fire, which is an aspect of your individual sanctification, you've never lived with Christ at all. You've heard a lot of teaching. You might have had 15 Bibles. You probably got fancy expensive Bibles. You might got subscriptions on your cell phones and your tablets. You might have all the, the stuff that looks like you're a Christian, that looks like you're a disciple. Looks can be deceiving. Looks don't trick one angel in hell or heaven. Even the lowest ranking angel will not be tricked by any of your looks. They come to me all the time because they think since they're fake, I'm fake with them. Or they do this stuff because they don't really know, they're ignorant, that I might approve their behavior or their study time. Well, did you die in your scholarly studies today? Did you, did, did you die to the animals in your blood? Is it, is it dying? Is it a process of dying? So, yeah, stuff is dying, Brandon. I'm less attracted to the opposite sex when I go out in public. Adultery is less in your eyes. Good. Fr- good fruit will increase. As it's written, no one has known God unless they stop sinning. Anyone who continues sinning is from the evil one. What is continuing in sinning? First John has written, it's continuing in the death side of the word. 
So a lot of you, and it is foolishness, and it is ignorance, and it is extreme wickedness. It's the blasphemy of the beast. So I need you to understand what you've been doing. And this is why most of the people in Minneapolis are not yet on the moon, even though you've had the best teaching and discipleship of any Christian in the universe. And that's true. And that's not about me. That's about God the Father in me. It's truth anyhow. And the reason why most of you are still struggling and still don't get it and don't understand is because you don't know how to read the Word. That the Word is something else to you. Prayer is something else to you. Christianity to you is still very human. I tell you the truth. There is zero parts and zero percent of Christianity that is human. Zero. There is not one drop of this blood that's human blood. There is not one word in here that's not 100% glory. When you read it, what it does is reveal how human and false you still are. And you go with all of your false human hypocrisy, all your faking it, all your judgmentalism, your criticalism, your your lust, your pride, all of your junk, all of your filth, all of your humanity, all of your beast, all of your false prophetic, your hyped up strange fire, your zeal, I have a word for you, brother, I have a word. Take your word to the cross. Take all of your prophetic to the cross. Start over. I don't want to hear any of your dreams. I don't want to hear any of your visions. I, I don't care unless there is a consistency of you terminating the soul that is in the blood through the Word. Because you're entirely fake. And I don't want to hear what Jezebel is saying today. I don't want to hear what Leviathan, Behemoth, Ziz. I don't want to hear what Belial is saying today. I don't want to hear what Lucifer is saying today. I don't want to hear what Pan or Moloch or any of the principalities of hell are saying today. I don't listen to hell. I don't listen to sinners. Neither should you if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. I never will. You have no audience with the King. Now, you have the Bible, and if you use your Bibles to kill the sinful nature, guess what? You step through that membrane into the realm of the king called the kingdom of heaven. But most people have never done that. You know, Saul spent like 25 years memorizing the Tanakh, which is Torah and the prophets, and I'm sure he had all the Psalms memorized too. He was the student or Gamaliel in Jerusalem, a Pharisee of Pharisees, which means he was a poster child. He was a, a prodigy. He was a genius when it came to Levitical law. As far as the law of Moses, faultless is what he says, which means that he hadn't done anything wrong. But it was all on the death side of the word. They never learned because of the tabernacle of Moloch and the, the principalities of religion and the angels of light that deceive. They never learned how to use the Tanakh to cross over into the glory realm. There were prophets that crossed over the Tanakh into the glory realm. Remember Ezekiel? I see the glory of God. The appearance of His glory was like the rainbow on the rainy day. Ezekiel 1. So there were very, very few in the Old Testament that learned how to engage the Word to enter the glory beyond their human nature, beyond their human blood. 
They were able to get the blood of the human being, the blood of the rat, the blood of the pig off of their head and put the very blood of the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, the Mashiach, onto their mind and enter into the glory realm. Jacob entered into the glory realm. He did. Jacob's ladder. He saw the angel of Yadavava. He saw God. Even Samson's parents saw the angel of Yadavava. Oh my God, we have seen God. We're going to die, they exclaimed in Judges. Moses knew God face to face. It is written. Moses, type that down. I can see you fidgeting out there. Restlessness. That's all demons and filth in your blood. Moses knew God face to face. Yes, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says we're in a greater covenant. Well, in order to be in a greater covenant, there needs to be a greater crucifixion, a greater sacrifice. Well, it's all my faith in Jesus out here somewhere. Well, Jesus is in you. Christ Jesus in you. The hope of realizing the glory which means the hope of pressing into the Word past the membrane of your self-consciousness. Passing through the membrane of your own thought life where you can't think about anyone else except self-preservation. This Word is for me. This Christianity is for me. I'm going to do this, that, the other things so I can bless my family, bless my business, bless me, 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 me. You're a devil. You are a straight-up demon selfishness is 100% the side of hell. Selflessness that is produced through engaging in the Word past the membrane of death into His resurrection life is the beginning of wisdom. How can you fear the Lord unless you see the Lord? In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord. How did he see the Lord? Well, someone had to die. Guess who that was? Isaiah's old man. That was Isaiah's old man. He had his whole membrane and blockage in human blood. Isaiah was not a prophet until Uzzah died. No, 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 no. After Uzzah died, and then he got a revelation of the sapphire stones. Remember that fiery tongue? Sapphire stone come down of the seraphim from the world of Absolute the world of Berea, came down from the Father's kingdom, came down and touched his mouth. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and dwell amongst a people of uncleanness. What, Isaiah? You were cool yesterday. Now today you're against the whole nation? You're against the new king? Isaiah's rebellious. Isaiah must have been embittered in ministry. Is it okay, Isaiah? Have you been hurt in ministry? Did they hurt your feelings? Are you wounded, Isaiah? You know how it is out there. These demon-possessed warlocks will say anything to get, but it won't get under the prophet's skin at all who's seen the Lord, who's died. You know whose skin they're messing with now? The sapphire skins of the Messiah himself. So you just put it right into Mashiach. Who is Mashiach in the Old Testament? Lord of hosts. Angel of Yarevaveh. That's who he saw. That's who Ezekiel saw. That's who discipled Moses on the mountain. There were many angels there. It wasn't just Jesus. Enoch was there too. Elijah was there. There were a lot of prophets on the mountains. They would say, well, I don't know about genealogy. Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. You can come down at different timelines. Buckwheat. It certainly ain't limited 
to the souls that are in the blood theology. Souls that are in the blood theology is all garbage because it's human traditions that nullify the omnipotence, the omnipresence of the Word of God. God's Word is not limited by man's belief systems. When a person starts to really get it in the divine realm of the holy angels and the rungs of the sapphire stones, it just makes everyone look like sinners. Why? Because they were sinners the whole time. So that, though, that's why they murder the prophets. That's why we saw one month, a couple years ago, 100,000 denominational workers under the principality of that denomination begin to attack, attack Redditor Ministries by name, slandering me, gossip, making stories up. There was like 500 just made up stories. Where'd they get from? Demons. All demons. Truth in here. All hell. No heaven. You know why? Somebody raised the standard. Somebody crucified that membrane of death and hell and went into the glory and began to develop beyond that membrane kingship. What does Proverbs say? God hides His secrets, which are His revelations, in His glory. Kings, plural, go into the glory and search them out. So what does it mean to go out into the glory and search out secrets? Learn to feel that membrane where you as human beings and all your human limitations goes and begins to get burned. I make my ministers flames of fire. That's the standard of anyone born again now. Here's the problem. People get born again and they stay in death and sin. And they don't become disciples. You read the New Testament? One out of a million became disciples. They actually say, well, that's a disciple, but most are not disciples. We think nowadays because you watched something on God TV or you went to a prophetic school or something, you're a disciple. The only way you're possibly even a disciple at all is if you found that membrane of the keys of death and hell that Jesus Christ holds, because He's the Word, and you've passed from that realm of the dead letter into the glorious Word, into the living Word. And you begin to do that daily. You'll have to do it again in the morning because you'll wake up with the grogginess of your own blood. But if you're consistent in presenting yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to Yadevave, you begin to practice the glory presence all the time. Why? Because you're sanctified. And if you're not sanctified, which means dealing with that membrane of death that you encounter... When you go into the Word, when all of a sudden you're hungry for Taco Bell, you're hungry for hot dogs, you're hungry for dairy products, you're hungry for some kind of thing that the demon in your blood wants, and it's all different things, cookies for some of you, it's food, food, chips, late night snacks, Uh huh. oh yes, whatever weird little fetishes you people have, understand that's the devil, 100% of the time, Satan. Oh, I need a bowl of cereal before I go to sleep. Some yogurt granola. Oh, it's a protein bar, brother. Listen, there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking in the glory. But eating and drinking outside of the glory is revelry. It's wickedness. The kingdom of heaven does not belong in eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Apostle Paul. Amen. 
So what about going around eating and drinking? They're in the glory. They pass through the membrane. 14 plus 3 years in Arabia to sanctify all that dead letter and learn how to pass through into the resurrection and the life to become an apostle of glory. So is the apostolic, the glory realm? Always has been, always will be. What the apostles do away, that's when there's kings produced that have found out all the mysteries in the sapphire stones, the fortress of the Father's kingdom, of which there's probably seven in the entire universe right now. So you're about as far away from that as you could possibly be. You're about as far away from perfection as you could possibly be. You're completely filled with complacent satisfaction, completely filled with delusion of under-the-sun Christian activity that you say is God, but you speak in tongues. But we drive out demons in your name. We heal the sick in the name. Look at all the churches we've planted in Africa. Look at all the orphans we've helped and all the widows we've helped. Look at the poor. Continue to help the poor. Continue to help the orphans. The issue is help the poor and the orphans in the glory. Don't help the poor in the human state of blood as hypocrites, liars, teachers of the law, and Pharisees holding up the tabernacle of Moloch, pretending that you're actually God's own people when you've never passed through that membrane. Stop deceiving yourself and deceiving others. Enter the kingdom of His glory through consecration and sanctification. Begin to engage in Torah. Then there will be no hypocrisy in you. Then your obedience will be just beginning. Now the instruction can begin upon you because you're no longer in hell confused and thinking you're sheep. My sheep hear my voice. You know what it means to be a sheep? Someone that lives in heaven. Psalms 23. Live in heaven? Yes. I have sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is as much heaven as heaven gets. The Holy Spirit needs to consume your brain and turn it silver with wisdom. The Holy Spirit needs to consume your heart and turn it silver with purity. Is your heart silver with purity? Is the Holy Spirit even your friend? Or are demon spirits your friends? Is selfishness your friend? And I'm saying this because this is true and I, for this audience here right now. This is God speaking into your hearts right now. Because the Holy Spirit is too familiar with you. You say Him like a doctrine and a theology. But is your heart silver? Is your thought pure? Is, is your mind pure? Is it silver? Okay, Like silver refined in a crucible seven times is God's Word. Torah. So the encountering of Scripture is to sanctify the heart, sanctify the senses, put it into the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose, the touch. And then what's about to say? The Word was made flesh, and you are living epistles. So it's not just Jesus' Word made flesh. Apostle Paul, apostolic doctrine says in the epistles that we are all epistles. And last time I checked, epistle means Scripture. If you say that Apostle Paul's writings are not Scripture, they'll kick you out of every church in the USA. Right? And rightly so, because it is Scripture. It's God-breathed. No one's even doubting the Scriptures. The issue is, I'm doubting the Scriptures made your DNA. Have the Scriptures sanctified you to become living epistles read of all men? Are you using the small time you give to God to actually benefit your eternal life. See, I can make five minutes more valuable than five years with the wisdom I'm imparting into you today. This is not to waste your time. This is to make your time like gold. 
So you know how to spend 15 minutes, where in the past it would have taken you 15 years. Why? Because you begin to understand the kingdom, the mysteries, the secrets, how it works, the purpose of all things, the wisdom of all things. So we're not ignorant of why God gave us His Word. The Word on Sinai was not so it could crash down and beat up everyone worshiping the golden calf and orgies and sexual morality. That's not the purpose of the Word. That was not what the Word's for. The Word was to cleanse the people, to be holy to he who dwelt on the mountain. The reaction of Moses in shock of the choices they were making in serving demons, the gods of the Egyptians, which the Bible says they had built up the gods of the Egyptians from their hearts, from their blood, and from the souls of their blood, they had constructed idols of their own worship. They had constructed the very demon gods of Egypt in the wilderness. Make for us gods, it is written. But we, as for this Moses, we don't know where he's gone. He's gone up into space. The space teaching stuff of Brandon and Rebecca Barthrop and RLM TV is a little much. So we're down here under the sun making for ourselves Jesuses. Making for ourselves Holy Spirits. Make for ourselves, of course, New Testament, one true God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But if it's under, under the sun, it's a made-up God. It's a false God. Under the sun is vanity. Above the sun is what? Where the Father is? First John chapter 5. Father God is not under the sun, which means you're a blasphemer. If you are building a God under the sun that you call God, you're basically the exact same manifestation as the golden calf. You are making your own gods with your own hands, which is your own brain and your own blood. Your own souls are making and fashioning your own images and thought life, which is all demons. God has never dwelt in what human hands have built. And we say, well, it's easy to pick on church buildings. Now let's actually refine it a little deeper. Anything the human being and the soul of blood has conjured and built in the soul life. Because that's accurately. Any imagination of your head that has been built out of your blood is a building God does not dwell in. That's the temple of Molech. And that's why some of you are cursed. You have not lifted up the tabernacle of David. You have lifted up the tabernacle of Molech. The tabernacle of Molech is the building with human blood in the souls of nations' bloodlines. Of the nations' bloodlines. Okay? So everyone in Kenya that is using their Kenyan blood to build up a church is building up the tabernacle of Molech. Truth anyhow, they'd probably stone me to death, but they wouldn't when I'd stone them to death. I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm saying that because it's true. If you were right, I'd follow you. You're wrong. The truth is, anything you've built under the sun of any nation, it's really easy to pick on some of these less fortunate nations, and you need to do that because you need wisdom. And you need to pick on them and then pick on yourself and pick it apart into pieces and then take it to scripture and obliterate it because this false love epidemic is the anointing of the Antichrist. It's the anointing of Satan himself that gets in and says, I will settle for the teachings of Brandon Barthrop and the sons of God, but I'm still in my soul and my blood. You will be the biggest enemies of what we are. In fact, that's what you are. 
even some of you here present with me right now. Truth anyhow. For one reason only. You've never taken it to Torah and obliterated your soul and your blood to have the glory be your soul and the glory to be your blood. So what are you? You're a practitioner of death, a practitioner of Molech. Molech is all false religions, especially Christianity and especially Judaism and especially Islam, all three of those. Islam, the ones that have the one God. See, we have one God in Christianity, they have one God in Islam, one God in Judaism. Okay? Right? I know all those religions very well. Here's the issue. It's all the tabernacle of Molech, even the Christians who swear to God while they're speaking in tongues, we have the real Jesus. If you are in the soul of your blood, you might as well be a Muslim. You might as well just be a Jew that's rejected Jesus because you're still living as mere human being. All of your, your whole life is a lie. All of your building is strange fire. And we're not mad at you. We're not. We're going to tell you the truth. But they're going to weep and gnash their teeth, Jesus Christ said many, many times. Why? They'll mourn and beat their breasts because they were his murderers. What does it mean to murder him? That you are on the outside of his word and you never allowed the word to murder Satan and Moloch out of you. And all of that fake self-constructed ideology of Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit and God the Father, Abba Father, and all your doctrines and theologies of the human being and the souls and the blood. You've never taken it through the cross to actually enter the gates of heaven where there's only one interpretation of the Bible where there's only one narrow path, where there's only unity of the one. Hero Israel, the Lord is one, the Lord is God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've never done that. And so you have all kinds of selfish interpretation of everything down here because of one simple thing. People never crossing through the sanctification of the word into the glory realm to live in the presence of his glory through the death to their own soul in their own blood, which means co-resurrected with them. The life I now live, I no longer live for me, but it's Christ's life flowing through me like a river, it is written. Now, how did the apostle come to the place where he says, I'm not living Paul's life? A lot of people need to apply this today, fresh and brand new today, that I'm not living my own human life. What's the evidence of that? I've taken it to Torah and that confrontation with death and hell in my own soul, in my own blood, I pass that membrane. Now I'm inside the sweetness of the one Lamb of God seated on the throne. Anyone who passes that membrane enters heaven. You feel it. All of a sudden, all that judgmental criticalness and all that grogginess and blaming others for everything, blaming your spouse, your kids, just being baptized in nasty juice, and everyone is, or they had the false niceness, the false kindness, but it's all just human filth. It's like covering yourself in bacon and pig's blood. It's like covering yourself in all kinds of sweet things of hell, stolen, You know, the whore of Babylon has all the nicest stuff right now because people live on the death side of the word. 
So you can cover yourself in all that stuff. They cover, what does the Bible say? Scarlet robes and purple and gold and pearls and jewelry and every nice and beautiful thing. Cinnamon and spices, all the fragrances of Song of Solomon. The Bible says the Whore of Babylon had all the things of heaven. So the, the righteous and the prophets had none, practically none. We have none right now, practically none, compared to what we deserve. Truth in hell. I know a lot of you disagree with that. A lot of you are wrong. The issue is, we got these human mindsets and ideas of our own judgments, and we don't take them to the Word to obliterate them, to the judgment seat of Christ, which is a white throne, a silver throne. Gold, brother, no, silver. Just silver. Might be 925 and not even 999 because you're demon-possessed. Maybe 9.1. In an odd number, it's not even prophetic. You know what I mean? But it's just God on this throne. It might be a dull throne. It might even, for you when you show up, just be wood. Just something ugly. It might even be covered in ashes. Well, where's the glory? Well, no glory for you, buckwheat. You get the brown cloak of humility. What you need is the termination of your vainglory. Vainglory and the glory from murdering and judging and criticizing the prophets. You know why the Israel killed the prophets? Because it benefited their souls. There was demonic rewards. The principalities of hell would give them a kingdom called the tabernacle of Molech, the clippeth, the ability of sorcery. I'll allow you to just get into all this wickedness. We read about these kings in the Old Testament. We're like, well, I'd never do any of that. What do you think Revelation's potent sorcery is? That's what you do every day. That's you. If you are living in human blood, in a soul of human blood, you're worse than those kings in the Old Testament. Uh Uh-huh. Because now you're in the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great. They didn't even have that back then. It was just regular Babylon. They didn't even call it great. Truth in you. Which means your worst sorcerers, more wicked, evil liars and deceivers of Christian religion and Jewish religion and Muslim religion and all religion, every religion under the sun, it's all wickedness. It's all building vain glory images and idols of self in the name of your holy scriptures of whatever you believe in. Everyone's got their own Bibles nowadays with the Passion Translation cult. Now this is like a false love movement of total filth and wrongdoing. Can't listen to anything they're saying nowadays. It's completely off. Like nothing uncomfortable to my flesh. I'm already perfect and have received all Jesus Christ's righteousness. My God, the standard is like the fall of Adam down here. It's so bad in Christianity right now. Let the prophets trumpet the sound above the sun like the angel above the sun of the actual standard of Jesus Christ. The standard in Roman times was a gigantic eagle pole of brass that they'd hold up and they said, this is the standard of Rome. And Rome is a demon. Rome is an antichrist. But it's only for teaching purposes because you don't even understand the standard. It's a standard of an entire platoon, of an entire military. What is the standard? Above the sun. If it's under the sun, it's vanity, it's human. If your faith is above the sun, you are just tapping in to God's glory and the divine for the first time in your Christian lives. 
Some of you are tapping into it for the first time in your 70s and 80s and 90s. You've been in the temple in Christianity at the front lines of what the prophet's been doing for 50 years. It's like Anna in the temple. She was very old. My eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. Seeing the manifest sons of God is seeing the salvation of Israel. It is written, Romans 8, All creation longs for the manifestation of Yarevave's sons to be revealed. Not Jesus to come back, but his sons, which means for the maturity to come out of the earth, to come out of the human, to come out of your blood, into his transfigured blood, which is the Shekinah glory, to begin teaching righteousness like the stars in the heavens, to begin telling the truth, to stop lying to people with all your human forms, to be cut to your heart, to be cut to your mind of all the standards you've had that are below the standard of Scripture. The standard is not just making up your own crap because of your Christian culture. The standard is now the Bible fulfilled Kabbalistically. It is now a Kabbalistic interpretation of the New Testament. And if we lose you, listen, you're already a flake to begin with. Well, I'm not even interested. The ones that are so easily offended, they have no stomach for the front lines. They, shouldn't even, they can't listen to anything last 20 years. You know, go back into nursery. Go listen to Kumbaya. But for the soldiers, we want you learning the highest interpretation. You know what First, uh, first Enoch is? It's the Kabbalah of Archangel Michael. As it's written, Archangel Michael taught me all the mysteries and secrets of righteousness to who? Enoch Metatron. First Enoch is the Kabbalah or the instruction. Kabbalah is Hebrew for instruction of Michael, the Archangel, the Prince of Israel. Wake up, people. If you can't be instructed by the Archangels, Don't think in 10 million years you'll ever be instructed by Jesus Christ. You have to go through all his angels, all his ranks, before you get to his throne. These goofballs that say, straight to Jesus, all of them break rank. They know nothing of the ranking system of angels. They're all liars. It's 10 worlds of rankings of angels. What separates earth from beyond 10 weeks where sin is no longer mentioned? is ten worlds of holy angels and one-third of unholy angels. So if you are engaging in Scripture for Scripture's sake, engaging the Word for the glory of the Lamb of God on the throne and for the service of God the Father with no selfish intentions, then the holy angels will help you inherit salvation every every degree of the way. Half of you never get off of mineral level of earth because your intentions are a manure pile of selfishness and greed and vain glory and gold for you. You struggle to even give 10% to the apostles who have died daily for 20 years and it's all about just building up your own houses. Don't even call yourself disciples. You're rebels. You're mostly antichrist. You don't love Jesus. You're lovers of self. Once that's obliterated out of your hearts and the greed and the immorality and the selfishness is actually circumcised by passing that membrane from death to life, then you can begin to become real disciples. Many of you here today are not real disciples. 
You don't know how to die. You don't know how to live. You don't know how to live in the glory consistently. A disciple is one who knows how to die to their soul in their own human blood and live to God's glory. This is not the apostolic standard. This is entry-level disciple standard that doesn't exist amongst even many in RLM Minneapolis. Truth anyhow. So the standard is very, very low. We need it to be very high by applying these things to your own souls and yes, beating the devil out of your own brains and hearts and start taking this stuff way more seriously. Your lives do depend on it. And if you don't take it seriously, angels or demons, Satan's coming, Satan might remove you or angels will remove you. And you will not be in Joel's army. You will not be in Gideon's 300. You will forfeit your destiny because you chose the self-life. You chose the soul that's in your blood. That's an eternal decision for hell. To choose heaven is to sacrifice the soul that's in the blood. You know that's what Adam and Eve got from Samael when they fell from heaven? You know what Adam and Eve got? They got a deal with the devil. Most of you are in the devil's deal and not God's deal right now. That deal was your human soul in your human blood. And just give me suggestions about your God, but don't, don't infringe too much amongst my personal rights and my blood rights and the things and the selfishness of things I want to do. Just give me some... Listen, you, that's a vote for the devil. You've given your soul to the devil. You're not really a kingdom person. Don't even dare call yourselves Christians. Be honest with yourself. You're rebels. You're rebels. Most pastors are rebels. Most apostles are rebels. Most prophets are rebels. They're not interested in dying to the soul that's in their own blood to live to one man's soul by laying down their own soul and all the potential possibilities of building with their own blood, which is the kingdom for themselves, the whore of Babylon, the tabernacle of Moloch, and all the selfish things the demons want you to do with the wide pull magnetically pulling your blood into the self-building wide path of hell. So let's expose it all in you. Amen. As a service for salvation. So the lamb that was slain can get the reward he deserves, which is a few souls, a few disciples in this generation, a few more, maybe a few more tonight. Really understand what it means to be a disciple. Don't call yourselves apostles and prophets. Almost every single one of you in RLM right now, no matter how on fire you think you are, are still not disciples. You're still not disciples. A disciple is one who knows how to destroy the soul life in the, in the human blood by engaging the Word of God and to daily live in the glory and grow in that glory, going from glory to glory. There are very few disciples on this planet right now. The greatest service I can do and provide to my God with the Sandalphon Elijah anointing is making a few more disciples. It's very, very rare, and most people hate it. Why? It exposes the soul that's in the blood that is an animal rebellious, the iams of Satan operating in people that say they're Christians. You wonder why they murdered the prophets. Listen to this message tonight, and you'll not wonder anymore. 
It's completely obvious. Why do these kids weep and gnash their teeth when they're 12 and 16 and come in with spirits of haughtiness and the children are just as wicked and stubborn and evil as the parents are? Because the soul life of Satan and all of hell is in the uncrucified human blood. No matter how Christian you think you are, no matter how many Bibles you have in your house, no matter how many churches you've gone to in your life, the issue is, is the word the termination of your consciousness, your mind, will, and emotions every day? If it's not, you're going to manifest all kinds of demons all the time because you're tapping into hell by rejecting the cross. You will be channeling hell to the measure you don't go into the glory. Going into the glory is a decision of the membrane in how you read the Bible. You can't enter the glory except through God's Word. As is written, I am the sheep gate to the Father. No one gets in except through me. Who's Jesus Christ talking about? The Word. You cannot enter heaven and heaven's glory on earth, the lowest rung. You can live in the glory on earth. I lived in the glory on earth for decades before I realized you can live in glory on the moon and live in the glory in the sun and live in glory in seven worlds high, that there is a Jacob's ladder going all the way up. Those things were sealed off mysteries that were too high for me that I could not comprehend. Even though we'd sing about the rungs, we'd, I was around the glory stream that would sing about Jacob's ladder and the highest level prophecy and revelation in existence in this universe for for decades but no one ever entered into it because no one knew how now we know how and now we're teaching it the knowing how is called righteousness the not knowing how is still being in the elementary things in all christendom which is where everyone's at right now they don't know how to enter the father's house they only know how to practice the bible on earth but they don't know how to practice the bible in heaven, where the Father is. So righteousness is knowing how to leave the earth and live in heaven all the time. Now you're not just going to the cross to die to all the you know gluttony and selfishness, religiosity, and, and petty demons you struggle with when you're infants in Christ that are just all an abomination of gross hell and gross darkness in your bloodlines. Now you're actually obliterating stuff over cities and over nations. Now you're discipling nations. Go out and disciple all nations, baptizing nations. To baptize a nation, it requires an elevation far above the sun. You're going to have to have a lot of Kabbalah a lot of rungs. If you're down on the dirt, you can't even baptize yourself. Can't. You couldn't baptize yourself with the holy right hand from Benny Hinn. Your rung is just pure dirt. We're going to baptize yourself in mud? Where's the cleanness? Your word is clean. It is written. Psalms 119. Your word is my cleanness. I go into your word and get clean. If I'm not getting clean, I'm baptized in, in swine's mud. I'm baptized in the pig trough. I'm baptized in the religious demon. Baptized in the false love of the Antichrist anointing. You're baptized in Molech. You go out here and you go to these buildings that allow the human being to live to improve the the soul that's in the human blood. You know what you're learning? Molech's Christianity 100% of the time. 
And don't sit there and think it's not at Bethel and Morningstar. It's in every church under the sun, as is written. Meaningless, meaningless, chasing after the wind, is everything, every church, every building under the sun. Not Solomon's, though. Solomon's the only one. So you guys can just blame Solomon. He's the only one right. Why? Because what Solomon built was from above the sun. Okay? This temple we're building called the house of the Father is above the sun. Zero hypocrisy here, buckwheat. You deal with your God. I'll deal with mine. You deal with your cross. I'll deal with mine. You get judged by the word you read when you engage in Torah. I'll get judged by the word when I read. We'll see whose standard's higher. We'll see who actually dies, who brings forth greater glory. And it's measured by the angels with the measuring rods. Amen? So the only thing we need to do is measure out a greater sanctification for ourselves and all the things operating in our life that are the devil, the laziness, the black sun and the black moon in this place is off the charts. You need to go against that slothful laziness. There is no path except the Scriptures. Study to show yourselves approved, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Your word is truth. The resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ is the true prophetic utterance from heaven coming down. And let it come down right upon your crown and remove the crown of Molech off of all your heads. Remove the crown of thorns off all your heads and put a crown of glory on your heads. Mm -hmm. We can share the high heavens with you. That's what the apostle's job is to do until the ark's closed. Even though you haven't done hardly anything to sanctify yourselves to deserve it, and you don't understand a lot of the higher things of the angels and the archangels, it all comes down upon your heads, as is written, down upon Aaron's beard and upon the whole body. You are that whole body. Stay under that anointing. But don't stay where you are at the body. We make our way up to the head of the body, Apostle Paul says. Don't stay where you're at. Don't settle for that level. Rise in Christ. We're the children of the resurrection. It's time we rise. In order to rise, you're going to have to learn how to read the Word. You're going to have to learn how to engage in Torah. Angels would read me the Bible audibly when I was three years old in my dad's motorhome when I was kidnapped by my dad running from the FBI, living in 24 different states. But, you know, as crazy as that was, I loved my dad. He was the wildest man I've ever seen in my life. He trained me in a lot of the aspects of God the Father. Of course, it was wrong what he did, kidnapping me and telling my mom, you'll never see your son again, blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, the angels of God showed up in that motorhome. We had a picture Bible, and they'd teach me the Bible when I was just a toddler. And the glory of God would just be blazing through me. My mom testified when I was in her womb, the Holy Spirit came upon her. She didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They lived as pagans. Both my parents were crazy cokeheads. And the Holy Ghost came upon my mom and dad, Terry and Brian Barthrop in Seattle, Washington. And they said it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through their flesh for 10 days. Revival of Seattle 1981 broke out. You can study it, Google it. 
That was when the glory of God came on my mom when I was two months old in her womb. I was filled with the Holy Spirit from my mother's womb, exactly like John the Baptist. I have the same exact calling on my life as John the Baptist. Elijah Sandalfon of this entire generation. Truth anyhow, I'm not going to lie to you and deny it like Elijah or John the Baptist. When he denied it, that's what cost him his head. He says, I'm not the one. He was the one. Jesus said he was the one. If I said I'm not the one, I, I'd die too. But I am the one. And it's the truth anyhow. And people have a problem with that, the weeping gnash their teeth. They're already demon-possessed anyway. It's not like it's much big of a difference. Might as well tell the truth and set the people free. Truth anyhow. Amen. So what does that mean? This is predestined for a of God's timeline where when a people are going to learn how to go into the glory and come out of the curse of the fall and live in the glory no longer on earth. What did Bob Jones say? The Elijah before me? My generation was the Stone Age. Your generation's called to live on the stars. You know what the passing of the Elijah mantle from Bob Jones to myself was? Stars. I couldn't have done it without the Enoch mantle because there's two witnesses, not one. Elijah and Enoch. Sandalphon and Metatron. And I tell you the truth. Rebecca is the Enoch mantling. She is the Metatron mantle of the entire world. And there is rarely ever in the history of the world been a mantling with the Enoch mantle until now. I bet you you could study all the history books of all the people of God of all time and you find maybe one in the history of the world that had Enoch's mantle. God gave that woman Enoch's mantle. I believe Enoch came and shared it with her, just like Elijah came and shared it with me. And the reason is because it's needed to help the people. It's needed to save the body of Christ. Feed my sheep. I'll feed your sheep, Lord Jesus. What do I need to do? You're going to need a mantling. You're going to need Elijah. You're going to need the cloud of witnesses. You're going to need a much stronger understanding of God's Word beyond the fickle, trivial interpretations of man's dust and dirt and brains and blood. They can't understand a single thing in the carnal mind. It comprehends not the things of the Spirit, nor can it. It is written. We're going to need the mind of Christ, not just as an option or a theology, but as an essential working tool to win this battle of these end times, of these last days, because we're going up against the whole clippeth. You know what the deep state's working with. You understand we've taught you the clippeth for six months. We've taught you about principalities for 16 years accurately. We have told you the truth. Your enemy is serious. These are giants, not just figuratively in your Sunday church buildings when, you, when it's easy to teach about it, when you have guards outside with machine guns. These are giants on actual rungs. And the giants in the land are only on the circumcisions of your hearts, your minds, your bones, and your bone marrow, which is where your blood's produced, so your bloodlines are in your bones. So all your bloodlines, there's only 70 of all the earth. I don't care what color you are, it doesn't matter at all. It's all about bones, because your blood comes from your bone marrow. So your bloodlines are in your bones, you can cleanse those bones from all the curses of the fall by God's word. And you won't have an identity with anything else except the Israel of Yadivaveh, the fortress of the Father's sapphire stones. 
And when you begin to identify with the covenant chosen race, not just theologically in the dirt, but living that angelic life in the Shekinah that never diminishes, that ever-increasing glory, there's no Kabbalah in the world even close to what Rebecca and I are bringing. You could study every Kabbalistic book. You could study all the oral traditions of the Jews. You could study everyone that in Kabbalah centers around the planet. They won't even bring 1% of what we're bringing. This has never happened before. This is reserved for this time. It's like the ceiling of the seven thunders. And that's not to boast how great we are. It's to boast how great our God is in these temples, which are His bodies, if we continuously yield them to Him and don't get selfish which means oftentimes being critical and judgmental of others, especially others of higher rank than you. The temptation exists on all the rungs going up. Just even if you go up to absolute, you go up into higher rungs of Jacob's ladder, you'll be tempted just like you were in the dirt against Benny Hinn or a prosperity preacher or against Joel Osteen or against Kat Kerr or someone in the glory stream or whatever. Listen, Nobody has authority to judge except the Lamb of God. Fastest way to grow, stop judging yourself, which is totally idiotic. Stop judging others. Take no thought for tomorrow. It has its own cares of its own. You know what you do? You go into the scriptures and just get fried on the glory and let the glory carry you throughout the day. You know what? Every day be the best day of your life consecutively. It doesn't matter what you do as jobs. It don't. It's not as important as you think it is. Find something and grow in it. Angels will move you around when you have a greater mind of Christ on your shoulders. You want to think it has to be one thing or nothing. Oh my God, you know, you're crazy. You're full of dust and dirt and snakes hanging off your head. Engage in Torah. Pass that membrane of death and hell. It's pretty clear. You can go start at McDonald's for all I care. Go start out at a hot dog stand. Do something. Go pick daisies at a neighbor's yard. Go pick up trash. Go volunteer. Go help others. Go serve. Go serve somewhere. Just don't be a selfish brat. And don't be a, a foul-mouthed attitude. Make sure you're crucified with the Word of God operating out of the Shekinah glory. Amen. Now, you'll be promoted everywhere you go. This is how Joseph thrived. Didn't matter where Joseph was sent. It just happened to be Egypt during that time. It just happened to be hell. It just happened to be Pharaoh. It just happened to be a bunch of warlocks and witches here or there. They're all sinners. Doesn't matter what kind of sinners they are. All kinds of jobs everywhere. They got the baker over here. You got the haircut over here. It's like one's dead, the other's alive. Didn't even matter. That's the end of the parable, the end of the dream. Still sat there for years. We think about things way too little, and we engage in the word how it's meant to be engaged way too little. If you were to spend a more quality time in the word, every other area of your life would quickly be glorified. But because you don't know how to read the Bible, you waste hours and days and months of your life on trivial, meaningless thoughts, emotions, cares, ideas, even grudges. Or, you know, I still have a problem with you, Brandon. I know all hell does. Shut up. I know you're a lying human being. I said in my astonishment, all human beings are lying idiots. It is written. I'm not even concerned with your human nature. I want to see who will slaughter it and go into the glory nature of Jesus Christ. I know all human flesh and blood is a lying demon. If you can slaughter it and get into his flesh and blood in those same body suits you're in right now, you begin to live in the glory. You begin to burn in the glory. You begin to advance God's kingdom. 
you get less and less selfish. You get more and more razor sharp accurate. You never get taken advantage of the marketplace again. No one ever pull wool over your eyes. You never be around some kind of sorcerer that's smarter than you. If you actually begin reading the Bible to go into the glory, which means to die to the soul that's in your blood right now, which is your entire cursed fallen human nature. If you begin to do that, you are going to damage hell big time. Those are the kind of disciples that just can serve him in anything. Use me, take me, put me on as a coat, wear me, send me anywhere you want. But you know where he's going to send you? Where he needs you. And it's, you're not going to have a vote in it. And if he might ask you. So it's not always a formula. It's always a person like doing business with. You're going to have to be confrontational with your own sin and demons. And you're not going to have to be, you're not going to be able to be shy with the Holy Ghost. He is not a shy, bashful person. He's not this little gentle lamb or this little white dove. Coo, 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 Okay? He wants to be like that all the time in you because you're flowing with him so perfectly. So those are huge aspects of his nature. But there is a confrontation with the rebelliousness of the stubborn-willed attitude of your invisible, eternal inner man, which is your thought life. He wants that part to aggressively confront him face-to-face like Moses. Moses, I know face to face. Did you ask the Spirit of Jesus Christ into your heart? Are you aggressively confronting God in your heart or just fighting God's representatives outside because you're wicked? Hello? Take that wickedness that you have in your brain, covering your brain, your thought life, and then face the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, in your own heart. And deal with your mess in your heart so you're not puking on everyone else around you and calling it, Oh, I need help. I need prayer. No, you're wicked. You're evil. You don't need help in prayer. You need to deal with the Holy Ghost and stop being a fake flake. You don't need a hug. You need to be crucified. God is not hugging your sin and demons. He's obliterating it. I am coming with the sword of my mouth to destroy you. It is written. To destroy me? Jesus loves me? Jesus loves the person that you don't even know that's in the glory realm, you are still on the side of the cross that is not that person. That's the old man. That's the old woman. That is not the new creature in Christ. After you're born again, the new creature in Christ goes dormant nearly with every person who's ever been saved. And we call it like the dark night of the soul or my wilderness time with God. You know what it was. It was just all your sin. It was just dealing with the human being. It had nothing to do with God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It had nothing to do with His prophets. They're sanctified. It's you, buckwheat. It's you, rebel. It's you, sinner. It's you dealing with your junk and not making excuses and blaming others and not beating yourself up either. Beating it out with Scripture. Using the tools correctly for what they're for. This is why we engage in Torah. This is why we read the Bible. This is why we have daily bread dipped in blood. Whose blood? The blood of Jesus. His blood is confronting my human male blood in this homo sapien animal body. Okay, This is a human body that has Brandon Barthrop's blood in it. If I don't take Jesus Christ's blood into it and terminate it, today, 
can be written off as the day of sin. But I have learned to be a disciple to completely obliterate all that is in my blood so I can dwell in his glory gloriously. Otherwise, you feel terrible. Otherwise, you feel like death because you are dead. You ever feel like death? It's because you are dead. That is the spirit and presence of death. That's why you feel that way. It's no one else's fault. It's because you did not kill the wicked old Adamic nature and you do have to die daily to it. Anyone that says otherwise is a lying devil. That person knows nothing of the new covenant priesthood. This is a daily sacrificial system and we even work on the Sabbath because my father's always working. You don't need rest. You've had enough rest. Now it's time to work your salvation out with fear and trembling. You've had enough rest. It's time to work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Get motivated. As it's written, those who know Yadavave shall do great exploits. They will leap over walls. They will break through barriers. They will ascend the heights. They will live in the fortress of their God. It is written. So, in order to do that, you're going to have to get over yourself. You're going to have to learn how to read the Bible to terminate you. And you're going to confront stuff in there that's going to wriggle and move. You have 6,000 years of bloodline filth in your human blood. God can terminate it with the Holy Spirit and with His Word in one scripture reading. And you feel like buzzing all over your hands. You lift your hands up, going to praise and worship. Now spending hours on Him was is easy. It's not even a sacrifice anymore. It's like salvation. Instead of it becoming a work, it's like, if I didn't do this, I'd literally be serving hell and Moloch like the, the false Christians. And it's like, this is the only way to be alive. I can't do anything else anymore. And you become an actual disciple that lives in the glory through terminating all the things that are already dead. He crucified the world to himself. On the cross, it is written, God was in Christ, crucifying the world to himself. How does he bring all people to himself? By crucifying it. Have you learned to be crucified by reading the Bible? Have you allowed the crucifixion of God's living word full of the blood, full of the spirit of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, to crucify you and your world to himself? This is one of the best verses today. God said this audibly to me today. God was in Christ Jesus, crucifying the world to himself. Just write that one down. God, Yarevave, was in Christ Jesus crucifying the world to himself. Now see how you're a part of this world. He wants you to be a big part of it. You can only be a big part of it if there's a big crucifixion, if there's a big termination of your thought life for his thought life, your ways for his ways, your stomach for his stomach, your bones and marrow, for his bones and marrow. Make a blood covenant with Jesus Christ tonight. Rededicate rededicate your lives, saying, I will begin to live more for you and less for me. That's all he's asking, is that we make consistent progress. The battle doesn't belong to the swift, but to to the steady. It's not about just these two-week Billy Grahams, these two-week Bill Johnsons, these two-week David Hogans. We see these two-year David Hogans. They come in, they burn out real quick. 
They can no longer walk and advance God's kingdom. They can no longer be at the front lines. Something more important came up, a distraction. They built an idol. Now they serve at that idol. Holy Ghost, I tell you the truth, there is only one front lines, and it is in the heavens, on the Sephirot of the Father's sapphire stones in the Father's fortress. And it is above the sun only and zero under the sun. Anyone that says otherwise contradicts Scripture and is a liar and an antichrist. We are at war against liars and Christian and Jewish and Muslim antichrists. Don't sit there, it's just a war in the Middle East. It's a war in the heavens. And we need the instruction of Prince Michael, the Kabbalah Prince Michael, just like Enoch today in our lives. Enoch was instructed and taught all the secrets of righteousness by the Archangel Michael. It is written, First Enoch, which was considered Scripture by Jesus and all the apostles. Amen? Well, truth in you, we need instruction of how to terminate all the things we're doing that have no eternal value. <clears throat> Get our lives in order. What does the Bible say? Make your house ready because we're going into the promised land today. Pack up your tent. It's the last generation. They had the youth army. All the old unbelievers were dead already. Joshua and Caleb, the only two that made it. Faithful spies with a good report. They brought the report of righteousness that we can take out the enemies of the second heavens. That's what it represents. Canaan represents the second heavens. Now anyone that says we can't conquer the second heavens comes with a bad report in these days because that's what we're mandated with Sandophon and Metatron to do. That's what all the teachings of righteousness are here to do. Completely make second heavens new heavens where righteousness dwells. And we have taught you exactly how it's done accurately. Now it's time to believe it. Now it's time to get your houses in order. I can see in a vision form right now, a lot of the camps around Joshua and Caleb right now, of all the Christians in the world today, beginning to put their tents together. Because the scripture says, get your houses in order, get your tents in order, because today we are crossing the river to go into the promised land. Get your house, your heart, your tent, where your soul lives in, that's your body. Get your heart and your mind and your thought life in order. Get it correct. Get it right with God. Engage in Torah. Read the scriptures until it's correct in order. All that death and hell is burned out of your hearts and minds and bones and marrow until you're sizzling in the glory and then do it again tomorrow, again, and the day after that, again, until it's not a sacrifice anymore and it's a desire of your flesh and blood for Him and His Word to make you clean. Now you're an entry-level disciple. That's what an entry-level disciple is. Amen. So King David says, My flesh and blood cry out for the living God. When can I go and be with God? Is that the highest king? No, that's the lowest. The least in the kingdom will be as David. That's the lowest entry level requirement to live in the kingdom is your flesh and blood disciplined to desire the termination that comes from the glory by engaging in Torah. Amen. And we do it every day. So we live in the glory. Then we can hear the orders correctly. That, in that place, when you're terminated, of your senses covered in your blood, now it's his senses covered in his blood, that's the place where my sheep hear my voice. You're not hearing inaccurately anymore. You're not making up weird ideas with weird prophecies. The false prophet's dead. 
the beast is dead, the red dragon's dead, you'll still have to die again tomorrow. Don't think you're just one-time only thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily discipleship. And if you don't die tomorrow, you turn back, you're not worthy of me. You get more inaccurate, seven times worse, Jesus Christ said. So you're signing up for the whole journey, all the way home, ten worlds of fallen foreskins of demonic influence upon your hearts and minds and your bones and marrow and bloodlines. And you've signed up for this. This is what Joel's army actually is. And don't have any lesser standard in your life. Let that standard be sealed in your foreheads and in your hearts and in your bones and marrow by the preaching of the eternal gospel tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Want to support this ministry? Click the links in the description. We're packing up all kinds of stuff to go down to Florida. Trans relocating all of RLM TV across the continent from Minnesota to Florida. We could really use your support. It's a huge investment. And it's wonderful because it advances God's kingdom. We're going to have an awesome time with the Floridian body of Christ down there and all the other principalities and whatever, whatnot we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with it all. We're going to go into the heavens. We're going to deal with all the heavens over the earth. And it's going to be very interesting and it will be broadcast here. So that's what you're signing up to support. The broadcast so that everyone can see on live broadcasts the total decimation of the entire curse of the fall in every rung until the heavens and the earth are perfect, whether you're in them or not, doesn't matter. Righteousness will dwell in them. It is written. That's what a partnership with this ministry is. You're partnering to end the curse of the fall by whatever means necessary, and you know we're serious. Sign up, click the links in the description, become a tither, Get the circumcisions of unrighteous mammon out of your heart. Give your finances to the control of the Holy Spirit and His kingdom. If there isn't a consistent offering system of your money to the house of God, the heavens are closed over your heads and you are cursed with the curse. It is written. How are we robbing God? Because you are not giving Him the best of your income. You're giving Him scraps. You're giving Him... a calculated uh, estimate and it's not the best of your heart, the best of your house, make a joyful offering to the Lord it is written. God loves a cheerful giver. Why a cheerful giver? Because he's giving out of the joy of understanding the advancement of his kingdom. It's not just under reluctancy, reluctancy or under compulsion. It's not a religious observation. It's not on the death side of the word. It's going into the glory side of the living word and excited to advance God's kingdom that this message would touch thousands of more lives and the kingdom be advanced, that people would know about the teachings of righteousness because we're supporting the building of RLM TV. So it's a very, very exciting thing to support. Bless you guys who are obedient, in Jesus' name, and we'll see you tomorrow.
You can't stop it. 
takest not what I'm doing for thee. No man can put to an end of it because I am the beginning and the ending, the Alpha and Omega. Yes, I am. I am doing a new thing for thee. New thing, newness, newness in thee. So take it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Be that conductor, be that conductor, be that conductor, Santa Lord. Let it flow through thee to each and every one. Let it flow through thee out to the world. Let it flow through thee to heal the sick, to set the captive free this night. For I'm doing it now. Yes, I'm doing it now. Yes, I'm doing a new thing in thee. So don't concentrate on all the surroundings, but concentrate on me. For I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it this night. I'm doing it for each one of thee. So take it and run with it and do what I tell thee and you shall see the victory. He's doing it, he's doing it tonight. He's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it tonight. He's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it tonight. And you shall see the victory. Oh, he's doing it, he's doing it, doing it tonight. Victory, 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 victory,
Victory, victory, that's victory tonight. Victory, victory. 